Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just for Hello, welcome to the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, Season 30, Episode 17. My name is Kimmy. I'm Jason. I'm Stork. I'm Burke. So, who are you and what makes you famous? You're new. Uh, I am, uh, but I'm old to the podcast. Oh, like, yeah. Like part of it? One of the first. So ever. old. I, yeah. I am super old. So old. Uh, like, see the gray hair? Long time uh, <laughs> yeah. You didn't have gray hair when you started listening. Yeah, that's actually really true. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's funny enough, this month makes nine years of listening to your podcast. Um, and the reason I know is because Miss Messenger memories or whatever mm-hmm. but my very first time playing a game uh my buddy of mine came up to me and was like hey have you ever heard of dungeons and dragons and i was like sure mm-hmm. yeah and he's like do you want to play and i was like yeah that sounds fun and he's like great you'll gm for us i'll get a group together oh my god that's perfect uh that's how you find gms you yeah. just tell them they're jamming you that's awesome them. um so it was really wild so then uh <laughs> you know i went online and looked up for rpg podcasts and I found Fear the Boot, and I found Happy Jacks, and that was literally it. <laughs> and I think I'd be Acquisition Incorporated or whatever. Yeah. But like, and so you all taught me how to play RPGs. Aww. And so it's actually really a weird full circle thing that I ended up here now. So that's so sweet. It's actually really cool. Thank you for having me on. We're it's been fun. Super excited that you're well, here. Well, that's our show now because none of us can talk. <laughs> We're all misty eyed. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah, that's so. awesome. And I'm you know, not the FNG anymore. <laughs> I've often said, you know, we come, we come to these things. We've been doing this now for 13 years. 13 years. And we just sort of come in here and we shoot the shit. And we, we, and we, but it just goes out in the void. And we don't really know if it's hitting home. And it's. I've been called the void before. <laughs> <laughs> and I killed Jason. Yep. Thank you. Thank yep. you. <laughs> Good job. First time here and you're killing the host already. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Well, if he dies, he can take his place. What I was worried about was spraying the microphone in which Kimmy would murder me. Yes. And I didn't want to die tonight. Oh, it's got all the foam stuff on it. He's just, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's not worth the risk. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is awesome. And yeah, I mean, nine years ago, there weren't very many podcasts at all. And now you go, RPG is just like so many. Yeah. yeah. But that Nine years you. ago is when we still made like the top few hours. Podcast. We did that till a couple years ago. Yeah. So, and your podcasts yeah. were like five hours long. Yes. That was the, a, I don't know what we were thinking. The we very, didn't have lives then. The very first one I listened to, I'm pretty sure was the Malort episode. Oh boy. And I oh. had to pull over on the freeway. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I was sitting on the 405. Oh my gosh. Driving the same for me. It was At the horrible. Car. What, yeah. what year would that be? That's before me. Yeah. yeah. It was like nine years ago or whatever oh, yeah. it was. Yeah. Oh, probably man. a little bit more. I seem to remember that. Where was I, Mom? Dave was on fire that night. I don't know. I didn't know you yet. Nope. Um, yeah. Oh man, the Malort. Oh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, there's some some memories that you're like so cherished, but also like give this like like taste in your mouth. You're just like, Ugh, every time I think of it, it's hilarious. If you don't know what Malort is, go look it up. Don't or, don't drink it. It's kind of like uh, like you need to drink it. 
like nope. the like you the mint in the bottom of the urinal. If they if they <laughs> distill that into alcohol, that's what it, it would be. It's yeah. very strange. I, it, I feel like accurate, right? I don't. I, suggest... I haven't tried it. I don't I think you should. I refuse. Yeah, I don't think you should drink it, but at some point you should taste it so you know you can say you did it and you no. know what we're talking about. No. I'm immune to this phenomenon. They're like, <laughs> here, this is disgusting. Try it. I I am completely impervious and I'm I'm happy. Yeah. As a job as a painter, sometimes paint will just go evil on you because it's full of organics. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, it goes, does this smell bad? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, nope. He didn't have to smell it, but every once in a while you run into a Jason out there who goes, you told me it smelled bad. I'm not smelling it. No, no, really. No. Yeah. You just said, does this smell bad? No. Or I can do <laughs> the chemistry room waft. <laughs> right? That's, yeah. eh, yes, that is correct. Yeah. Now, there are some people who really like it. Like, I've run liars. Yeah. <laughs> well, there must be enough to have supported it as an industry. Yes. Right? It's, it is mass it's, produced. I think it's supposed to be like mixed with other things. Yes. Like a Drambuie or something. You're not really supposed to be. Chugging it straight. Like, Although, nobody drinks creme de menthe straight. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I know a lot of young people that do. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, it's terrible. And TikTok has, like, a whole thing right now about, like, people making cocktails with Malort. Really? And it is such a joy to watch people in that much pain. Like, it's... I haven't logged into TikTok in, like, three weeks. I need to do it. I like... <laughs> just to see the Malort. I could have sworn it just said TikTok, and I kind of like that. Oh, there's... I'm, there's it's 100%. <laughs> That's a better it's name for an it. Accurate, more accurate name. All right. So, in today's episode, Michael disagrees with us about GMs taking stuff away. Mike F., a different Mike slash Michael, in New York, shares a gaming horror story that was partially his fault... And a second-generation Happy Jacks fan shares about JackerCon and has a message for his dad. And is probably named Michael. Is not. <laughs> but that would have been funny. I didn't realize so right now I'm looking and I'm like, oh, I like Mike and Michael. And, okay. Everyone is Michael. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to contribute a question or a topic to the show, email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Uh, announcements. Uh, I am still learning... Uh, our friend Wes from 12-Sided Stories slash Plate Mail Games is giving me production lessons and audio and things like that. So he's come in to the studio. He's, like, switched up the levels. And so you might be hearing some sound changes in the next week or two. Um, if you like them, cool. If you don't, let me know if it gets, like, way quiet or something or if you're having some other issues. Uh, someone brought to my attention that we're having some issues with the metadata. So I'm cleaning that up. So please let me know. Um, but... Yes, I am learning all the things that YouTube taught me wrong when I first took over the podcast. So thank you, Wes. We love you. If you haven't, please check out 12-Sided Stories. A bunch of Happy Jacks people are on there anyway. Mm. So you should already have been on there. And um, yeah, and Plate Mail Games, they does amazing music and sound and stuff for your games, for playing when you're playing D&D or whatever. Um, also, we need emails. We're running very low on emails. I am very nervous, personally. Like, Because if you don't have emails, that means I'm going to start freeforming. Yeah, and we don't want that. Oh, but see, you keep threatening that. I'm thinking that's a thing. Like, they want to see that happen. So maybe you should stop saying that. What is that. the email address, Kimmy? Happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. I mean, happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Did you say happyjacksrpg at gmail.com? Yes, happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. so easy to remember. Or, or... If you want to, like, just go to happyjacks.org and there's a contact form and you can literally just type it in and hit send. Whoa. And it's just, it'll come the same place. It's just, it's amazing, the whole technology. You can even just search for Happy Jacks and click on the nearest link and it will eventually give you an email. Well, 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 
might not be the one that you wanted. But questions, stories, like comments, corrections on what we've said, like all these things are fantastic things to send into the email. Good Discord discussions that you can turn into an email and have the host talk about as well. Yeah, see, that's Discord. my other fear. Like the Discord's super jumping right now. Like people are having great discussions and I'm like, have I, have I made a Discord that has now put us out of a job? <laughs> like, are they all having these great discussions and answering their own questions so they don't need us anymore? We should just, we'll just crawl the, the discussions and pull topics. And pull topics. Have a segment this week on Discord. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, emails, please. Pretty please. And I think that's all the announcements. Okay. First email. Uh, I'll take that. Okay. And actually, I, I wanted to read this one partly because... I don't know if I was in the conversation this Michael is talking about, but I was in one of these conversations. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember discussing this. And um, we've discussed it twice. And yeah. I was on both times. Oh, all right. Excellent. <laughs> so it's really mostly me. That, say it's your fault then, right? That's yeah. What's happening right now? Yeah. Well, I'll take over this because obviously we can't <laughs> trust Storm. No. Uh, like I said, I'll start freeforming. <laughs> clearly, I can't choose the one in front of For me. me. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Exclamation point. <laughs> Thanks for your show, and please drink a beverage of choice to commend yourselves for being so positive towards GMs and players who recruit the young to our hobby. Huzzah. Mm. I feel like that we should be doing phrasing with that particular... It's fine, don't worry. We, re we recruit. Yeah, we're fine recruiting the young to our hobby. While I share many sentiments of the cast, I find disagreement is the correct course to indulge discussion, so I want to disagree with something the whole cast seemed to be in agreement of. Okay. A few episodes ago, you all said that a GM, quoting, uh, a GM should never take away the player's uh, or character's stuff. Yeah, the character's stuff, not the player. <laughs> Definitely don't take away your player's stuff. That's, I think we're all agreed on that. All the dice belong to us. <laughs> yeah. That's actually called stealing. And, yes, that's and, just them. And you could get you in trouble on many levels. Yeah, so... Um, we're talking about player characters and their items or, or uh, you know, whatever. The, their accoutrement. Um, they, uh, and, and we shouldn't take it away because players would be annoyed. I don't think I used the word annoyed. I think it was much stronger than annoyed. I, anyway. I, I think I did, yeah. And, and in conclusion, you said that the GM should be mature, quote, and refrain from this activity, and therein lies the source of our many disagreements. Disagreement is healthy. And this is one of those things that's okay to disagree on. No, it isn't. <laughs> First off, the GM doesn't take away the stuff. The verisimilitude of the narrative and actors takes the stuff away from the characters, i.e. not the players. And the GM is beholden to portray the world and the NPCs or monsters as real and believable. Secondly, why should the GM be mature? <laughs> It's my favorite. Like that's yeah. You're right. Like, goddamn, you're right. Yeah, I'm actually on um, the first part. We do disagree, and then we'll talk about it. The second one, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, as I've gathered the numbers, the GMs are in demand, and I would relish if more GMs picked and chose their players more carefully. You're allowed to be miffed that your character lost their favorite stuff, but if you're going to sulk, we might need to reevaluate your fit to the group. It might sound harsh. But I bet we've had less frustrated GMs if everyone was careful to avoid players that uh, isn't a fit for the group game style, etc. Yes. Um, I do advocate clear communication, though. I do regularly tell players the car went through the ice, but as you're the driver, it's not like the car won't be salvaged. 
I just think it was fitting due to the risk taken, and I look forward to see the character without their vehicle for a little while. Who's to say you can't replace it, if not just temporarily? This I feel like this meets the spirit of what we had discussed. <laughs> I would also be careful to lop off favorite parts sticks of the characters of new players, but my experience is that it is veteran players that are the most sulky and protective of their idea of the character. Keep up the good work, and I really appreciate all the cool RPG-related songs you treat us uh, podcast listeners to. Slanja, your own Paul Michael, I think is how I read mm -hmm. that, polemic, hail. I think he's from Poland. Yeah. Okay. Um, P.S. I have not lost a bet or anything to explain my rampant use of the word disagree, but I will not be offended if anyone wants to make a drinking game out of an unvaried use of once vocabulary. See, oh, we should have put that in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You gotta leave with it. We yeah. missed that. We That's gotta right. leave with that. <laughs> Next time. Um, so, one of the things I had mentioned uh, was a campaign in which we all got geared up and everyone put some time into picking their horses, mm -hmm. right? And our GM in the first actual session literally murdered our okay. horses. You're underplaying this. You need to play this up bigger. You actually named your horses. Yes. You actually picked the colors for the horses. Yes. You had a whole, there were like, and you bonded literally with this horse, right? Yes. Now this was became an integral part of. Because I was led to believe this would fucking matter. Right. Right. Uh, and and if somewhere down the road the the tension this this like desperate situation to help the horse and somehow what maybe sure I can wrap my head around that as a as a like plot device but it was arbitrary the horses are dead what do you do well clearly you're not a good fit for his game table <laughs> I mean obviously uh, there's something wrong with you because you're the one that's getting a, a little annoyed well and to be fair. I don't think Michael is defending what happened with my horse, <laughs> but I think there is this, like Michael's, uh, uh, what, what was it? What's the word for a caveat? Yes. The caveat here of communication and saying, "Hey, it looks like your uh, your car is in the ice now. Um, you'll probably get it back. You're the driver. We understand you have a car." But what you did put your car in the ice. I never disagreed with that in right. principle. Yeah. That happens all the time. So you want a necromatic horse? Then is that what you're, <laughs> like that what you're asking for? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, but um, that was, uh, you know, that level of communication I, I find really critical. But um, I, I don't want to dominate the conversation. No, no, go right ahead because it, I mean it's you're hitting on all the salient points that I was going to hit on as well. But and. I understand English is probably not your first language, Michael, if the Poland is from Poland, but annoyed isn't really what we said. I mean, because the case of the horse is not uncommon. It could be a sword. It could be a camp follower or NPC, whatever. What are they? There's right. another word for them when they have the, the people that would carry your stuff around. Yes. Yes. Hirelines, yeah. Followers. Camp followers yeah. are an entirely different thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, you you get attached to these things and they become part of your story. And then when they're taken away, it can be very. It's annoying. Isn't really the word. It can be traumatizing. Or um, or just like a fucking waste of time. 
right? Like if you had just said, oh yeah, hey guys, don't don't put horses together. Like don't put it on your sheet. We're going to get to this thing and then you're not going to need it. Mm -hmm. There was no reason not to tell us because it wasn't like a huge spoiler yeah. that, you know, we, we, we were approaching woods and blink spiders or something came out, murdered the horses, and we couldn't have taken the horses into the woods anyway because it was too dense, right? Like... You never kill animals. I mean, it's like, Kimmy, Kimmy had a, and we were in a traveler game, and Kimmy had a, had a goat. And Dave's character accidentally killed it. But it was terrible. And Kimmy, like, we had, like, a, did we have, like, a, like a, a ceremony? Oh. I mean, in character. That's really sad. But, but the real point I have with this email is that clearly we all shouldn't have been at the table. We are bad <laughs> players. We, we didn't. We didn't make the the cut. We, uh, you know, it, uh, clearly it's uh, we weren't fit for the group, as as he says here. Um, it might sound harsh, but apparently we were taking things too way too seriously. A lot of it is and, what you and, expect, well, I, though, yeah. right? Like that's what you. We, that's the whole reason session zeros exist, and why we tell people what we want to do before the game, and we set expectations. We're like, hey, you everything you have can be taken away from you. Right. If you it, know that going in. Go yes. It. Yes. It and it's not necessarily that things get taken from you, but you need to be clear, and maybe even what gets taken from you. If you're a paladin and they take away your armor and your sword, that especially in D and D are actually integral to your power set, right. like doing stuff. You've suddenly made that character not a paladin effective sure. anymore, right? Um, with the caveat, if you say I'm going to take your stuff away, but I, you can either get it back or you know you might be a chance to get something else, right? Please don't panic, because I have been on games where people have had their stuff taken and they they rage quit or commit suicide or you know, in game they like they like yeah, in yeah. character they like charge <laughs> the guardhouse and you're like right it was it, just a sword dude <laughs> it, it, yeah but it, it's because you're basically kind of taking away their player agency yeah I, I the the place I I think I I I separate from that is if I say Okay, you're going up against this lava monster, and your paper sword is very good against everything else, but it might be destroyed in fighting the lava monster. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like then I could say, okay, you roll the one, paper sword, lava monster. We're good. We talked about this, you know, and I think then. But that's a consequence of their actions. I'm talking about the gym taking your stuff. Like you get conked over the head and you wake up like in the swamp and none, you don't have any of your stuff. And and I think that's the disconnect. Like Michael is talking about the the GM doesn't take stuff away. Situations take it away. Mm -hmm. And I think you and Michael are honestly saying a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> I, I get it in the situation. If you're attacking the lava monster, your sword your sword goes away. If if you are walking down the street and someone pickpockets your sword, and you didn't have a chance to do anything about well, it, that, didn't know it, yeah, that and then you like counter a lava monster, reach for your sword, and it's not there, that's a dick move. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's super shitty. And, and that's, but that's different, and, and I is. don't think Michael is defending that. But, but that's, I think, where I was coming from, which is, as a GM, if you start taking your player's stuff away, as a GM, taking your stuff, their stuff away, not in the situation, you're like, you rolled a one, your sword's going to break. And we've all had that happen, and yep. it could be epic. You remember yes. that. <laughs> yeah. But all you are is mad at your GM when they take all your stuff for whatever reason. Like, yeah. And, and I used to prison break a lot, and, and, it, and it's a thing. Mm -hmm. you, like, you, get, you end up in prison, and I had to, last time I was going to attempt this, I tell everybody, like, listen, you guys are going to start from nothing, but you will get a chance to get your stuff back. Please don't, you know. Yeah. Rage quit, or although that's when I make a sorcerer or a monk, right? Right, okay. But what about <laughs> the flip side? Just, of it, right? <laughs> what about when it works? 
Like, have you ever had it work like this? Like, I, I had a game where I was playing with actually Jim Gunn from the from uh, Joe Gunn from the Discord. Oh, yeah. cool! And I was playing a uh, a character that couldn't use his legs, but he could when he was in a super powered suit. Right? Sure. And so, Joe at one point took away my wheelchair, and so I couldn't move around. And it was a moment in the game. Well, but Joe, th there was a situation where your wheelchair was destroyed or stolen. Well, I mean, based on choices your character made. Technically. No, but it wasn't based on it wasn't based on a lot of stuff my character made. Like it was a sh but it was a short beat, right? Oh, it was okay. a short moment of something being taken away from me, being powerless. It was this trope, right? The trope of your powerful thing is taken from you. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to play with that for a little while and then it was given back, right? I was able to get it. I was able to crawl to where it was or whatever it was. Like mm -hmm. there was that that option. So, I feel like it can be done really well as long as it's not taken to the extreme. Having your sword and armor taken away for four, you know, sessions or whatever is a nightmare. Yeah. But having it taken away for a session or half a session might actually right. be really cool. Yeah. But again, you also got reassurances. You can knew sure. it, you knew it was there. Yeah. It wasn't like and I trusted Joe. That's, implicitly. And that's that's the communication and and you know having that conversation with your players yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. To say you know hey this is a risk in this situation. Uh, My takeaway from this is, and I still stand by it, which is you're on. You're on shaky ground when you do it, and you need to be extra, extra careful when you do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I and I still stand by that. It can be done, but it can also be done very clumsily and poorly, and, yeah. and you're going to end up jeopardizing your players' uh, faith in you. You're going to betray their... You're basically betraying their trust. Well, um, it can be... It, it, it's just rife with pitfalls. You just have to be very careful. Yeah. You know? I think, like, to what Virk was saying, like, this is one of those situations where secrets at the table doesn't serve you well. So, like, being straight up front with them, like, hey, you, you lost this thing, you'll probably get it back in the wild, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Like, this is part of the story. Like, honestly, tell them that. Because as a player, they know that, they're reassured, they can jump into the role play aspect or the game, you know, or the, the game aspect of, oh, my magic sword is gone! Without, like, being stressed out as a player, like, oh my god, my, my sword is gone. I, I based my entire character yeah. around these stats. What is the fucking point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, like, you, you do get that same, like, cool story arc that you were going for without the players being stressed out or feeling betrayed or feeling they can't trust you or other players being like, well, maybe we should always hide our cool stuff when we fight people. Um, I, yeah. I think when I started role-playing, there really, the, the plethora of information that was out there isn't, that's out there now, wasn't out there then. And so we were all just sort of making stuff up and we were all young and, you know, stupid kids. So we ended up, playing and some of us even being vindictive gms and it mm -hmm. still sticks with me yeah and i've run into a couple of cons too where they just they're vindictive towards their players in the in the sense of oh, well it's realistic and you made bad choices and therefore i'm going to punish you for them and it really comes off as just like they're power hungry bastards and being vindictive towards their players it's because they have control and that's i think the crux of the biscuit for me is that's where the problem lies and you can work around that but that, if you're not careful, that's how you as a GM are going to be perceived by your players. Right. And and you as the GM have all the power already. If you right. want to kill the players, you can drop a meteor on them and call it a day. You don't have to do all this stuff. Uh, and if you're just taking their stuff away, it's because you can. Yeah. And not right. because it served the narrative. Screw these you know? players. Well, and I think a lot of GMs end up defaulting to that when they find out that their game is not balanced correctly. Mm. Like their combats and stuff aren't hitting the way they wanted to. 
Um, I think that, you know, especially in games like D&D and things where like the numbers and the crunches like really matters, you have to really make monsters that really balance out with your players. If your players start getting their power creep too soon, that can really mess with your storyline, especially if you're running like a, a an adventure or something like that that's pre-written and like, hey, these are the monsters they fight. You're like, this is not going to be challenging or exciting. And that's why a lot of the feats and things I, I have troubles with. Back in the second edition and first edition, it was the monster manual was just the monster manual. It was just there and you had different levels of monsters or you could just take out a monster and level it up. But but the players didn't really have all this extra magical powers that they could use at any one time. It was all just, you know, this was your set of skills. This is all you had. <clears throat> but what would happen is they would get a weapon or they would get a bunch of weapons. Like, you know, we've all run into them in WoW with all the whales. And we've all run into the people that just have all the things. And there's nothing that can touch them, really, except maybe another player that also has all the things. And it, it got to the point some GMs would start taking people's stuff away because, you know, there was nothing they could throw at them. And it's, there was no easy way to to take away their plus 10 vorpal sword that that you know crits on a 10 right mm -hmm. um other than a conversation that people can have which no one wants to have right like right. saying hey i'm sorry i gave you a magic sword that should not be a plus five can we make it a plus two for yeah. a little while and see if that works no, better you gave like, it to me right, oh, yeah. right? Well, yeah um, but there are limits to the like adult conversation the yeah. mature conversation with your players because even me like i'd be super annoyed at that <laughs> I think there's limits to the mature people that play games too. Right, right. but like no mature GMs. Yeah, we're all, we're all <laughs> but but see, I think that response is maybe what what Michael's critical of of like going to the player and saying, "Look, I fucked up. We gotta mod this sword yeah. or something." Yeah. And that player flipping the table, that's the player, right? Like yes, the GM is taking a a mature but, approach to trying to solve something they didn't realize was going to be a problem, and that player table flipping is in the wrong. Yeah, but I can also, like, understand their feelings. Like, sure, feeling bad about it, and yes. be like, oh, man, that's a bummer. Totally understandable. Yeah. But being sulky and shitty about it is not. Right, right. And it also kind of depends it's, if it's, like, the person accidentally said, oh, it's a plus five, and because they read it fast, and then, oh, next, I meant to say plus three. It says plus three here. Like, it's different than, I give you this plus five sword. It's amazing. And, like, planned out, and then, like, later they realize, like, the math is wrong. There's... A little bit of like, eh, which is also one of the reasons I don't play games where I have to fucking do that much math because I am zero interest in that much math. Um, but so I think like if you're going to play games that have that much like crunch, I don't want to argue about the definition of that, but whatever, um, like be careful about it. If you make mistakes, let people know as soon as possible and like be upfront about it. Like, I think that is important. Don't make up a bullshit part of the narrative to be like, oh, your sword turns to dust when you touch it into the magic fountain. And you're just like, that's super shitty. Just be like, hey, I really, I'm really sorry. I will buy you a six pack of whatever beer you want. I fucked up with your sword. It's really a plus two, not a plus five. I would see, I'd, it's a flawed example, but I was like, I'm coming up with ways to fix it. It's like the sword at the limited enchantment and it starts to wear out. Or I would even have it like, Right. be a demon or something that sure just, just that starts to manifest itself later because now all of a sudden it'd be more interesting than just taking it away but that, I, that it honestly, was a flawed example i yeah. came up with it and i'm now i'm no but it, 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 it stands like yeah. I, I i get where it's coming from and yeah. i th and i think you do both of those things I, you come up with an in an in narrative reason for the sword to disappear or change or whatever it yeah. is and then you have the upfront conversation of I am bad at math or whatever it is. You're not bad at math. Everyone's good at math. Everyone can be good at math. I'm a fourth grade teacher. I tell everybody they're good at math. But 
like have that like, hey, I really screwed up on the stat. I'm really sorry. Again, give I, them a gift of six packs or buy a goat. I think it's still it's still <laughs> a toy goat. She has a, a toy goat. I have a toy wee goat. toy but, goat. But we got the goat because of the game. Yes. That's... Okay. So Dave killed my goat in game, and he felt so bad because yeah. he's such a sweetheart. He bought me a little stuffed goat, which I still have all these years later. That like hangs out and watches me make cosplay. Yeah. Sure. And I mean, now it watches us play because, games because because you got invested in an aspect of the game. I and really. Then you, and I know that's what I'm saying. I, that's what I'm saying. We all love that goat, and when, you're not sulky. And Dave and was you're like not a bad oh, person. No. Oh man, when he killed that goat, like his face at the table. <laughs> How did he kill the goat? It was like an act, like he, like we were playing Traveler, so we were in space, and I had the goat because I was like the, the like mechanic who was like, I don't know, it was part of my quirkiness. So I had a goat <laughs> in my like little, little area, my work area, and he was our friend, and everybody loved him. Yeah, sounds right. And like it was like, I forget what it was, but we were in some sort of fight or battle, and he did something with the ship. It was actually his ship. He owned it because he was like a duke, which in Traveler is a big deal. Sure. And, uh, like, something happened and it, like, spaced the goat or something. It was, like, an accident. He did not mean to kill the goat. And, like, he rolled and, like, it was one of the things. And then Stu, like, got his gleeful, evil grin and was like, the goat is in there. And everyone was just like, <gasps> no. I think you can go back and listen to it. It was before... I think it was before, no? Is it, it before? The game didn't last very long because I yeah. seem to remember there was a psychic thing going on and then it just, it, and then we all got busy. But it also kind of got out of hand very quickly did it i don't yeah. remember i feel like we i feel like we had that one but maybe not i don't know well i'll tell you i remember the thing with the horses i have no idea where the rest of that story went <laughs> right yes you felt so betrayed at that point yeah. you were like f this f this game f this gm yeah and again that, then that speaks to the inbound investment that that people have with their stuff yeah so i i think to sum up you have to be careful when players... Let me sum up. When, when player characters get invested in a thing, whether it's a goat or a sword or... or horses. Horses. You as a GM need to be very careful about how you take that thing away from them. Right. And I get... People will be more understanding if they do it themselves. Like, you're riding your horse and you decide you're going to charge the ten orcs with pikes, knowing full well that your horse might die that you you made that choice right but if you as a gm's like you wake up one morning go out to your horse and it's dead because i i didn't want to deal with it anymore because i can't you guys kept yeah. having to feed it and you guys haven't even named it and i, I just want to we're moving too fast so i, I, like, I kill it what yeah no, no that's no uh one of the things that i michael said is you talked about how if you're going to sulk we might real about reevaluate their fit for the group right and i think that's true but also the flip side of that, right? Like if someone's upset about losing something and they're not taking it to the extreme, they're not being sulky or whiny or whatever it is, then they still belong in the group. And maybe you should reevaluate yourself as well. Maybe you're not the right fit for their group. Yeah. Right. Just because we think of ourselves as GMs of like, hey, this is my group. This is a very common concept, right? I'm a GM. This is my group. Then maybe you're not the right GM for that group. Do you know what a segue is? Because that was the perfect Maybe. segue. <laughs> okay, I know I'm going to ruin it. Sorry, I'm going to push back a little bit. Um, I also think that there is there needs to be room and understanding for someone to have a bad reaction. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then to make it up later. I've been I've been hurt in games and probably didn't behave very maturely at the time. And later on, you know, I, I think we all have. We've yeah. all had moments where Not we're me. like, <laughs> yeah. No, I had games where I was so upset and stressed out that yeah. I just kind of left without talking to anybody. Yeah, like. Legit with my friends with Stu in Stu's games. Like there have been times where I've acted like a petulant child and been like, "Are we done? Okay, cool," and like, and like, bust it out. And like, 
Like, there, there needs to be room for if someone has a bad reaction to like give them a little time and then as a friend, like check back in and be like, hey, if it becomes a pattern of behavior, then that's bullshit. And you should like then reconsider. But but give people the grace of like they really liked their goat or their horse or their sword or whatever it is. And I, I promise I didn't like that one. Dave killed my goat. Dave was like almost crying, though. It was sad. I'm sure um, he felt bad. Yeah. He felt so bad. But um, but people do like we do get invested in these things. And like Stork has brought it up a lot of times, our bodies don't know the difference when we're acting and role playing. A lot of times our body has the same kind of hormonal reactions as if it was really happening to us. Not to the extent of like, hey, we're in a space battle, but like we do have that emotional reaction. And it takes a little bit of time sometimes to calm down and like reflect and be like, oh, that that wasn't they didn't mean to do that, or it was an honest mistake. So, so also, yes, if people are acting like a dick or, you know, and table flipping, that's not appropriate, but give people a little bit of time and empathy to be like upset about something that happens in game and then to like make amends and talk to them. Yeah. Leave room for the group to take a breath, take a break. Yeah. Take a bathroom break. Yeah. Or, or even, yeah. Or even leave and be upset and yeah. then come back and, or like talk, you know, between sessions and like sort it out and then come back. Role playing can be intense. I yeah. remember some fiasco games where at the end of it, I was just drained and we're all sad. And I mean, it's a moving experience. Yeah. Some of those fiasco mm -hmm. games. It's called fiasco, not happy, go but, lucky, have a good time game. But both times I've played 10 candles, I ended it. I, there were tears. Yeah. I had tears. Yeah. And the second time was worse because I knew it. Yeah. I, yeah. Like you go into the game, the game says you're all going to die. Let's talk about how. Mm -hmm. That's the premise of the game. Yeah. And in the second game, I got to a point where I thought we were going to make it. Oh. And you can't do that. <laughs> like it was See, but see you're caught up in the moment. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You were invested yeah. in the moment. You were you were committed to the role and and you get swept up in this thing and your body doesn't know. Your body's just right. like, "Oh my god." Yeah. You, exactly. even... The most fun we have in playing games is when we get emotionally yeah into it yeah. Right? Yeah. there's that great moment <clears throat> when you yell at the table or something like that happens like you're excited those yeah. are, it's the same it's both sides of the same coin mm -hmm. yeah someone wrote in like I, I have no idea what it was i have no sense of time but like about how immersion is the goal mm. so having that like like feeling like you're really in it like it like that's that's why we do this at least a lot of us not everybody some people want to just win but <laughs> For most people who are in the Happy Jacks like family uh, and and community, like this is what we play is that immersion feeling, and that immersion feeling can sometimes like end up with a bad feeling, a bad reaction, and that can translate to something that you do in real life. And it's just important to leave space for that. Yeah, physiological reactions to yeah. imaginary things. Yeah, it's... and you as a player need to be aware of that, and as a GM, you need to be aware of that, and also like everyone else needs to also be like understanding of that and supportive of it. Mm -hmm. That's that's my secret, Kimmy. I win when I'm immersed. Yes. <laughs> also, I can't tell. Oh, are we still talking about RPGs or are we talking about life? Like interacting with people in real life? Is there a difference? <laughs> yeah, right? They're the same. I think we're all role-playing to some extent yeah. when we go out in public. The rules <laughs> are the same. Yes. Mailbag 2. Hello, Kimmy hey. and the Happy Jack Squad. Hello. For years, I told the following tale as an RPG horror story. <laughs> However... I have since come to realize that I was part of the problem oh. and have taken some lessons from the experience. The year was 1990. I was a junior in college. I had co-authored an AD&D tournament module and some of my friends and we, with some of my friends and we were running it at our college's annual RPG convention. In the module, the PCs were 
mostly evil aligned uh, humanoid characters of level 12 to 14. The PCs were agents of the go Goblin Lands who were trying to stop a rogue hobgoblin general from reigniting a war with the neighbor-boring uh, human uh, kingdom. A war the goblins were sure to lose, as goblins are wont to do. Sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the players were given their pre-generated characters, a map of the area, a one-page adventure background that laid out their mission objectives, sneak into the human city undetected, locate the rogue general before he has a chance to disrupt the trade negotiation talk, and take him out. Stealth was important. The goblin king didn't want to give the humans any pretense to restart hostilities. For speed, the party was given a pair of war wyverns to fly into the area with instructions not to let the humans catch a glimpse of the wyverns. Which is actually pretty cool because it's like, I'm going to give them these things, but they can't really use them. That's right. So you get put some limitations on it right from the get go. Everybody in the area knew the hobgoblins used wyvern riders as aerial cavalry, and the presence of one could trigger a military response. Again, this was all spelled out in the player handout, and the GMs were also supposed to go over it in game during a short mission briefing scene. Since this was a convention and was open to the public, I happened to get a table that consisted of players not affiliated with the college gaming group. They were a mix of younger gamers from the local area, mostly high school students. They all seemed very enthusiastic, and when they saw their pregens, they were super excited. It was kind of rare in those days to ever play a character that was over level 8. After the briefing, we began to play, and things went downhill immediately. Despite the explicitly covert nature of the mission and the warning by the Goblin King himself not to let the humans see the wyverns, they decided to fly over the city in broad daylight to scout. The city was still on military alert, and this caused the standing army to open fire on them with volleys of arrows and catapults. Both wyverns were injured, so they landed in nearby woods to regroup and figure out what to do next. They then started studying the map. I had been a cartographer, and the map included all of the relevant locations for clues that they were supposed to turn up in the city, but as dungeon dressing, in quotes, I added two details just to make the edges of the map more interesting. A cobalt lair in the northeastern corner and a swampland of despair in the edge of the map in the south. The swamp was marked with skull and bone symbol. First of all, I'd like to pause right here and say we have done this exact <laughs> same thing numerous times. Stu has filled out newspapers with like yeah. rogue articles and we take them and run with them. Oh my it's, god. The the first time we played Savage Worlds, we went out and shot a bear yeah. because we kind of wanted to do a combat and see what it was like. We thought the bear might have been a mutated werebear. We didn't know. It could have been, you should totally, have been. Yeah, you, the whole thing. You totally thought it was like the main storyline. Well, we were figured, you know, yeah. And Stu <laughs> was so anyway. So Yes, be wary of just adding extra fluff because that's what we'll gravitate to every time. Mm -hmm. Looking at the map, one of the players pointed the Cobalt Lair, suggesting, hey, let's ask the Cobalds. They might know something, which isn't a bad thought. Yeah. Cobalds and goblins tend to hang out. I get that. Enthusiastic agreement, despite me asking, are you sure you want to go to the Cobalt Lair instead of the city? Multiple times, they went to the Cobalt Lair. The module had nothing about the Cobalt Lair, but in those days I happened to carry around a copy of Keep of the Borderlands in my gaming bag. It was the intro module that came with the D&D basic set, and it included a Cobalt Lair, so I pulled it out and ran a group of level 12 to 14 characters through a mini dungeon designed for first level characters. I made it a bit of a show out of putting away the tournament adventure, bringing out the Cobalt, uh, 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 Keep of the Borderlands, sorry, uh, and they didn't get that hint either. They approached. Nobody checked for traps, and their leader fell into a 10-foot pit trap. This made them decide to just up and murder the kobolds. The players lo loved this. 
The level of glee the players had while their high-level PCs slaughtered a bunch of half de- half hit point monsters oh. was mostly infectious. Was mo- almost infectious, and I was seething at the other boneheadedness of these players. But after they killed all the kobolds, they realized they didn't leave any alive for questioning. <laughs> so they thought about their next steps and looked at the map again. Another player pointed to the swampland of despair and said, "Hey, let's go to the swamp and see what's there." So they did. I opened up my DMG and ran a bunch of random swamp encounters until the tournament clock ran out. At the end of the allotted time, the PCs had just finished fighting a group of catabolopaths. I don't even know what those are. Hmm. And were looking for treasure, which I was rolling randomly from the treasure tables. The players had a ball. That's in capital letters. They walked out of the room high-fiving each other, and they all asked to keep their character sheets. At the same time, I was silently outraged that they had completely ignored the tournament module they had that they'd ostensibly signed up to play. I'd co-written the thing, after all. I was really proud of it. How dare these rubes not follow the adventure we'd worked so hard to put together. I'm sure I was a bit snippy and snarky during the four-hour session. I had not signed up to just run a bunch of random encounters from the rulebooks. <laughs> Needless to say, they scored a zero in the tournament. Ha ha ha. They honestly seem surprised that they didn't advance to the next round. What? For years, okay, I told that's them. baffling. Right? <laughs> But we had a great time. It was great. For years, I told this as an RPG horror story about a group of incredibly dumb players who couldn't start the adventure, and then went, and it was literally marked out on the map they were handed. But reflecting on it now, decades later, these players had fun. None of them had probably ever played high-level AD&D characters before, and they were so gleeful about being badasses and having so many high-level powers, they didn't care about the plot of the adventure. They just wanted to roll dice and kill monsters. And the only person in the room who was not having fun was me. I could have embraced what these players wanted and given them a beer and pretzels RPG experience they were clearly looking for, and I joined them in their and joined them in their enthusiasm in playing a high-level game. Instead, I silently seethed and probably came off as a condescending jerk. They had fun, but I didn't. The lesson I learned, the GM's job is to offer plot hooks, but if the PCs don't bite, let them do what they're interested in doing and enjoy the journey that they take you on. Wow. (laughs) Thanks for listening to my tile, and may your uh, D20s always roll high. Mike F. Ithaca, New York. Cheers. 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 Uh, First of all, you write a great tale. I really like enjoy reading that. And uh, that takeaway, I'm going to say that again because it's such a great quote. Let them do what they're interested in doing and enjoy the journey they take you on. Yeah. I want to like put that in a t-shirt. I know. If I wouldn't get sued by Mike. It's a seriously great quote. I mean, that's as a GM, when things are really going, let the players take you on the journey. This is this is what low pre little book. This is what low prep GMs are. This is the, the golden ring. Yeah, right? right? of the, like right. the improv GM the, strategy. Trying to go for that experience. Yeah. And um, if anything, I have. I feel like I've I've strived or striven. Stri- striven. 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 For this goal. You're leading him astray, but... I, that's all right. Experiment's good. Um, I have had to provide structure where I was like, you guys could do anything you want. And they're like... Do something. Well, uh, okay. And, and uh, you know, so I think that was that was a big lesson for me personally. But um, I think I'm... First of all, 
I hope you don't feel too bad because it, they wouldn't have been having so much fun if they thought you were mad at them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, so they probably really didn't pick up on your seething or your snarkiness. Um, so that's good. Don't beat yourself up about that. Obviously, you're still thinking about it. I would be too, but you don't have to. <laughs> I think it's okay. Um, but also, I think the... The, the the fact that they were surprised they didn't move on a second round is surprising to me. They wiped uh, out a whole cobalt layer. They were stoked. They were like, I, yeah. well, clearly we need to go forward. Okay, <laughs> I, I have zero understanding of how tournaments like this work. Like, does can anybody explain it for me? Like, I'm yeah. my daughter, two so year old. You you have um a, a published adventure, yes, or what the, you know locally published adventure, whatever, yeah. right? There's a standard thing that all the different tables are doing the same adventure. Yes, I know that part. And there are checkpoints that are worth a certain amount of points and you score points like a video game and at the end of it if you score x number of points you go on around two and you play part two of the adventure usually that's baffling to me i don't understand how you could like score an rpg a game rpg on anything but like a rubric like where you get like certain points for like different categories like role playing well, that is and then... how it's scored on a rubric oh okay well kind of yeah okay. i mean i don't know if it looks like a fourth grade rubric but it's <laughs> It's, you know, how many hit points were lost, how many were healed, how much action, you know, how many turns did it take to win, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Okay, so it's all based on combat, though. Uh, almost entirely. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. and achieving goals. Like, if you manage to get through and not die, or if you manage to get through and nobody, and you didn't alert any of the guards. Got it. Okay. Down secret doors. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it doesn't have to be combat, but it, yeah. Can, all... you, can you explain to me, like, I'm a two-year-old, what a rubric is? <laughs> Okay, so a rubric. I got this. I got a master, <laughs> I got a master's degree in this. Basically, um, it's a tool that teachers use to grade something that can be um, like based on like opinion. Subjective. Yeah, subjective. Like art, like art or a, an essay. Most of the time is what it is. Yeah. Like you know, you get the, the there's a category. You get a certain number of points for your mechanics in your writing. Things about your ideas. Did you cover the topic well? And then there's um, so like. Of the rubric in each column, you can get a certain number of points, and then you add that all up to be the total number of points you get it. So it's a way of um, standardizing something that is subjective. All right, I have a follow-up question. Okay. When did they make the cube for that? The rubric cube. cube that, that, oh. You use that with the You're grade. fired. Get out. Uh, look at that. Oh, King, I'm going to have to <laughs> go. Yeah. Looks like I'm getting um, an alert. <laughs> That says leave the studio. He thought it was funny. It was funny. Okay. It was horrible, but it was funny. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, remember, chat agrees. Remember one of the uh, one of the um, uh, one of the episodes we had years ago. Somebody said, "What's your number one piece of advice you give people when they're jamming?" And we could actually do it again, but the one that I latched onto, which is and it applies to this, which is be a fan of your players. Yeah. Yeah. And that because that's kind of what he says here. Uh, let the, enjoy the journey that they take you on mm -hmm. and be a fan of your players. I think it's the number one thing to remember as a GM because they're going to make boneheaded things. They're not going to do, they're not going to do what you plan. Yeah. I, but be a fan of it. Every boneheaded maneuver they do, every stupid thing they do, that's what the yes hands about. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And oh, <laughs> let's go with that. And that's yeah. especially <laughs> true of convention games because convention games, you don't know who's going to sit down. You don't know what they want out of the game most of the time. Like, sometimes at our smaller conventions we go to, like, I'll know, I'll look at the list, I'm like, oh, I know all these people, I know exactly what they'll want in the game. But you can Kimmy strange... knows everyone. I know everybody. Um, no, I only run, like, two games, and everybody, like, <laughs> everybody I know signs up for them. But, um, but yeah, like, you'll, you'll get people who have no idea 
like what kind of game you want to run. They won't even know the system that they're signing up for sometimes. They have no idea what the flavor is. So one, you need to really specifically like explain that stuff. Obviously, they're in a tournament style thing, so that's like a given already. But you also need to just be ready for them to want a totally different thing than you planned. It's and just, that, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to No, you're good. The, the weird thing about this, though, is when I go to a con, I expect an adventure to be on the rails a bit. Like, we have a set amount of time, and I know the GM did a lot of prep so that it would go smoothly. I don't try to drive the car off the tracks, right? I, I, I try to do what I can within the realm of what we're doing, because I know there's a bunch of people at this table, and we all signed up for this four-hour block, and mm -hmm. I don't want to spike the And wheel. oftentimes, three of them are all in for the adventure hook, and then the one guy isn't. Right. Mm -hmm. A couple mm -hmm. of times at a table. And, and so... I'm a little split. Like, I think the fact that these were young people who maybe hadn't done this before and they were super pumped to play these characters, I think it's great that they got you, Michael. Yeah. As, as, as you were able to freestyle and do this, I'm picturing me going, you guys, if you don't go after the general, he is going to launch an attack yeah, you're today. Gonna be like, you're like, time out, time out. I don't have any of this prep, really. You're supposed <laughs> to be in the city, okay? Yeah. Like, that's, most people would have done that. Instead, you actually, well, it just so happened to have a cobalt keep right here. And they went through and slide. And they had, like you just said, they had a ball. Even if you were ostensibly sassy about it, and <laughs> I, they had a great time. Yeah. And, you know. And and I and I really laud your, your uh, honesty with this. Because you've come to this conclusion later in life, which is like, oh my god. Yeah. These guys really enjoyed it. So clearly you were beating yourself up over this for years, only to realize later on that, you know what? They had like one of the best games they've ever played. And now you feel bad that they didn't advance. <laughs> well, I think, honestly, like looking back with some clarity on this situation, I think it was incredibly fortunate. Yeah. Because you got all these people sitting at the table who all wanted the same thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> It sounds like, like they were all friends. Yeah, well, it was. They, they were all friends. Together. They all signed up together. They all wanted the same thing. So, what would have really been terrible is if you'd done this and then you'd signed up for one person who really wanted to win yeah. and get to the next level of the tournament and yeah. had done this a lot. You'd gotten yeah. these people who had no idea. You wanted one person. I don't think you'd actually get a role player in the tournament, but maybe you would. Um, so, if you got the, this group of players, right? You got this group of players who all wanted very different things out of it, and then like, there's no way to please them. Like yeah. someone is going to walk away from that table disappointed. One guy no mad what. because they're not following the adventure hooks. Yeah. Even though he tried. The other guys are like, no, let's go to the cobalt. So we're going to put the cobalt. Like if you had one one loose guy at the table who's who was there for the tournament, like yeah. oh, that wouldn't have been a fucking yeah. bummer. Oh yeah. man. Although maybe he would have like herded them in the right. <laughs> maybe yeah. That's the, that's my real question, right? Yeah. Is if this was happening to us, yeah. we were at a game, we were running a game, and this happened, what would you do? Would you be like? Okay, you're here now, and there's a goblin, a kobold at the door who's pointing, gives you all the information about the the guard, the guards at the mm -hmm. the goblin place, the right. goblin place, right, to help direct them towards them. But that probably wasn't what these guys wanted. Yeah, no. I like I feel like I would have screwed up. Like these a note on the door that's just gone to the city, right? <laughs> Find yeah. us there. I, I think I would have been stressing the there's there's a timer on this. If you guys don't take out that general, he's gonna launch an attack, yeah. and you were sent to stop that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if you don't do that. That attack's going to happen regardless of what you're doing over here in the woods, right? And I, I think I would have tried to stress that. And, and like, I don't know if I would have been as flexible as this. Like, this is awesome. It yeah, is. it's very good. I think I think it would depend, like, if I'm writing this as a con game versus a home game. Home game, oh, you killed everybody. 
what do you do now? Yeah. Yeah. I have now, like, I have stuff to run for the next three weeks. This is excellent. Sure. Um, at a con game, I'm like, oh, oh, it looks like a, suddenly a little kobold walks into the scene, looks terrified and horrified and has all the information you yep. need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily railroading. It's like, just bring it back a carrot. On the like, come yeah. on. Yeah. Follow me. I've got a carrot. Follow me this direction, please. I'm like, <laughs> there's the signpost up ahead. Yeah. You have entered. Yeah, a little bit. It's like when I, it's like one of our first conventions, like there were like 12 of us hosts there. Everybody got super shit faced except me. I literally was walking the Happy Jacks contingent down the street in LA <laughs> and I, didn't lose, I lost one of them. I lost Casey and Bruce because they oh, were so drunk they wandered two. off. That's, that's two. That's two. But, but Bruce, not really. If you know Casey and yeah, Bruce, Bruce they're, they're like, not. Okay. They're really one. But They've also, Bruce went to help Casey, so they ended up on a loading dock somewhere, texting us later. I don't know. But everyone else it was like literally was involved. Yeah, it was like literally like walking them from the hotel to the restaurant we decided on. It was like a, like if you've ever seen like kindergartners or first graders in a line, yeah. except old drunk like large D and D players. Resemble that remark. Yeah. <laughs> That was like fucking like 13 years ago now. We're way older now. I remember that. Uh, and you were like, and we're walking. You're walking. We're walking. Okay, it's a crosswalk now. We've got to walk hold hands. a little faster. Now. Remember your a buddy? Faster. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't with you, but I remember watching that, watching it go by like, oh, no oh. good can come from this. <laughs> this was before we moved to the new venue. It was yeah. at the old one. It was at the Sheridan? I think it was no, the Sheridan. No, we're at the, are we at the Sheridan now? Oh, the we're Radisson. At the, we're at the Hilton. Oh, we're at the Hilton now. Yeah, it was the Sheridan. With the terrible bar. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that, that's what I think of. Bar doesn't open till four. I'm still it's, mad. Yeah, it's literally like herding cats. Anymore, like you can't really herd them. You have to like conjole them or or tempt them in your direction. Is really the better strategy. <laughs> but if well, we would have done that, these guys wouldn't have as much fun. Yeah, right. Absolutely. If we would have held the carrot out, these these high schoolers would have yeah totally. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I, think, I think they're calling. I really hope I can remember this quote because I, I really I really think it's one of the best things I've ever heard. Do you know what the good news about that is? You have it on a paper in front of you that you can keep. Good news. You can put it on your good news. Good news. You can put it on your refrigerator. Good news. It comes with a suppository. <laughs> you said the best advice you ever heard on, like you guys talked about on the show, mm-hmm. and it was always for me was make problems not solutions. Yeah. And that changed everything for me. Mm. So like, and I feel like that mixed with this are like the two best pieces. He of says advice. that right here. The GM's job is to offer plot hooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Although a lot of GMs, their plot hook comes with the whole line and sinker <laughs> of like, if you grab this hook, this is everything that has to happen next. Yes. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, hopefully you can r- ride that line of... That's how most modules are written, too. Yeah. Right? Like, here's a plot hook. If you don't take it, there's literally nothing. throw this book yeah. in the garbage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like... Else to do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I've noticed that. It's very... Like, I've been starting to try and write um modules for different games and stuff like that and it's difficult um actually uh kurt potts is does a great job of this he wrote like a, an adventure recently for lighthearted um i think it's called one one last day or one last great day or what's oh, something like yeah. that one Which last is, good day one last good day that's what it is it's so well written yeah. um it's a emotional fantastic if you've played lighthearted that it's a great thing to check out but also just looking at how he breaks down the adventure and the options he gives um, the GM in running it and the players, like if they if they do this, this can happen. If they do this, this can happen. So they can like talk their way or fight their way. Yeah. There's lots of different options. Um, so it's written almost more like like a talent tree or a choose your own adventure book yeah. rather than a, a module. So I like 
love it and saved it. And I think I'm going to like pattern like all my adventures I ever write on that kind of like on his format there. Cause one it was of the keys to a really good module. And we kind of did it early, early, early on. We had our, like the one page adventure, mm -hmm. which is something that you can insert anywhere yeah. in any place at any time. Yeah. Uh, unlike a lot of the early modules, which were, you know, a raven, it's a, it's a keep up yeah. on this place. It's like, you have to go to a place in this certain area and it's stuff. And so they surround. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, it needs to be so flexible that you can drop it in at any time yeah. to yeah. make it work. Which Watsi has done is like mixed stuff of that. Like some of their stuff has been really good in that. Like their, their others have been terrible. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, so it's all over the place. Um, but learning these things, even adding those to modules can be so great for people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, because if you run a module as written, it's hard on you, it's hard on your players, like yeah. it's like it's a, it's a whole thing. It, and it's hard not to read all the box text because it's all written, it's yeah. nice, and it's more eloquent than you can come up with at the at the spur of the yeah, moment. That's so not what I you know box test. when I started Shadowrun in nineteen eighty nine. You know, I I got the modules and read the box text and. But right away, I was like, oh, that doesn't fit a bunch of other stuff we set up. So I'll just go, okay, what, what do you guys do? You know? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And, and I don't think I've run a module since like 1994. And when I, when I <laughs> used to run them and buy them, part of that was for me learning how to run a game. Because yeah. like, these guys who designed the game designed these modules. And so it was like a peek into how a game was run. I would yeah. grab them for the, the, all the NPCs, it? for the NPC sure. cast. And the Shadowrun modules always had, there was a, a like, what was it called? Like, usual suspects or something section mm -hmm. in the back that had all of the NPCs they had mentioned in the module oh. in a like flip, flip, flip. Mm -hmm. And then I could just use those as mm -hmm. a cast of characters anyway. Oh, that's so yeah. smart. Yeah, yeah. it Skith was already to do that too with their old modules. In fact, I remember entering Dragon Magazine module production and we right did the same thing. We took, we made a troll, but it was a snow troll or an ice troll. Yep. And so we we took a troll and modified it, made it. And then it was an available troll that people could yeah. use if they had people in an icy area. So. Well, and at some point too, I'd had the revelation, which I guess everybody probably just knew, but me was, <laughs> Um, I, I, there had been so many like corporate security guards of like, they all roll seven to 10 dice. They're you, just a handful of seven to 10 dice <laughs> for everything. In, in a meat suit. Yeah. Meat suit. Yep. Like, yep. It was like, I saw the matrix. Like, <laughs> That'd be a great name for a module, wouldn't it? Yeah. A stack of dice. <laughs> That's what and, I want now. I want like a like a little hum like person shaped like dice holder. Yeah. Where you like shake it and like hold it down. Oh, okay. The, the exact number of dice for that. And look so for it next year coming from Golden Light. No, like, like the boggle roller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you like hit the head and person shaped. out of dice. <laughs> yeah, but it, that revelation came with not having to stat up every guard and every not every guard's ever, unique right like that's that's fine oh they are unique okay this guy's got eight dice and the captain's got 10 dice yeah maybe the captain does but that's fine but all the rest of them all have eight dice yeah yeah suddenly suddenly the swordsman for indiana jones steps out of the crowd where everybody else just had two dice he has four <laughs> yeah yeah so you, it's okay to have that guy but right yeah but th that was that was a revelation for you know 14 year old yeah. me <laughs> of like they're just piles of dice. dice. Oh my, <laughs> they're all the same. It's the trappings that, Right. oh, I don't, oh, I've been working way too hard. Right. <laughs> and then important NPCs, I also came to like, oh, well, don't put them in a position where they could get killed, right or like right. have to fight. Yeah. Right. Like that's, or when I do, then have numbers ready for them. I remember, because I, I, my, I was, 
how do I how do I preface this? I was really into comic books. I still kind of am, but what? but really into comic books and all the Nerd old alert. comic. The old comic trope is that Nerd. you know you meet the villain, and the villain escapes. Yeah, right. So I tried that maybe once, maybe twice in some games, and they would clobber the villain, and there was yep. no escaping. Yeah, and it was like, oh, so clearly Doctor Doom doesn't show up and like give it, you know. Say his manifesto because they yeah. will kill him. Yeah, <laughs> and they will defeat him, and then you won't have an end game anymore. Yeah, yeah, you uh, have to. You can't. That uh, trope doesn't work. A friend of mine told tells the story of I think you know when he was fourteen or fifteen, they were playing Star Wars and met Emperor Palpatine, and one of them was like, "I'm gonna try it," <laughs> and he like, it was I think it was yeah. the West End yeah. D six stole the guard's pike, threw it like a spear, killed Palpatine in one shot, like. <laughs> It can happen. And all of a sudden you're like, I've completely screwed up the entire Star Wars universe. Right. We can't play this game ever again because I don't know what to do anymore. Right. Yeah. But the GM had the like... prequels haven't come out yet, so I don't have any more source material. <laughs> you know, brought, brought them in to be scared and intimidated. And I was like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Rolled a nat 20, you're like, yeah, that, that can happen. Yep. It, it's I've been having to deal with that a lot with Starscape because it's basically designed after like different TV shows. Like now, can do... what's Starscape? Okay, just, okay. So it's a game I'm designing. It's a PBTA like sci-fi act, but basically it can be three flavors. <laughs> Coming from Golden Lasso Games. Yeah, yeah, com. Okay. Anyway. Also maker of Decima. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. You're really terrible at marketing. I know. <laughs> well, I think everybody knows. Like, I feel like. All right. Anyway. So it can do Star Trek, it can do like Firefly, and it can do like Farscape. Those are kind of the three types of games it can play. Um, but like this, like when I first was designing it, it was hard because I, like those things are so based on scripted mm -hmm. TV shows. And those things, it's like, like you said, they can write in, oh, the villain escapes and like go, lives to fight another day. You can't script stuff in, in yeah. RPGs. So you have to be able to like mimic that vibe, mimic that um, that type of events, but with total chance and with mechanics that support all of that, but like like without being able to script it. Right. I am no mere hedge mage. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Oh, I've got a rhino. <laughs> Which I named Which and I'm attached named. to, and don't you kill it. And Stu did not realize we would use these as battering ram, like, <laughs> yeah. That was his fault. Like, 100%, that was his fault. I'm going to give them rhinos yeah. with dynamite on them. <laughs> yeah, those of you who may not know the story, we were playing uh, an Eldemy campaign, a D&D campaign years ago, and we got rhino, I don't even remember how we got them. We got them as, like, mounts. We had rhinoceroses. You orcs, right? Yeah, that's right. We and were all orcs, and so all... an orc wouldn't ride a horse. Right, so Stu was like, you guys have rhinos, and we were like, yeah, and then we, like, fight this, like, really badass mage who was supposed to, like, just, like, wreck us and get us to, or something, and we're like, fucking riding rhinos. These are trained rhinos, and he's like, I don't know. I'm like, no, no, no. If you can train a horse to attack people, like, I have, like, like factual data about this. Like, I think Tyler was there. I, I, do yeah. you believe you called them war rhinos? <laughs> yes. And war rhinos are different than your just we, average like herd rhino and yeah. the whole like, and like literally, they're trained. Like this mage came in, he's like, I'm no mere hedge mage. Like this big like intro speech and stuff. And we just wrecked him in like four turns. Like, but, yeah, he, yeah. Lost, he got lost the initiative, which yeah. is what the problem was. And so by the time you guys got done clobbering him, there was no more hedge mage. Yeah, he right? didn't even get a turn. Like, no, he didn't. Right. No. I, I did not know that was the same story. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. did not know the rhino story and the hedge maze story was the same same, thing. Yeah. same moment in time yeah that's fantastic they've they branched off into like and separate like, to this day is like had he gotten his like five dice fireball off he yeah he would have been wrecked he was loaded ready to go but i lost the initiative it was, it was chef's gifts 
per perfection. And again, Stu was trying to like depower you guys and get rid of the rhinos and stuff. So this was his solution was to try to just nuke them. It was after that. No, he hadn't realized that how powerful okay. the rhinos were because that was the first like encounter where we we're like, um, I'm sorry, we're riding rhinoceroses, and they're they're badass. And he was like. Oh, oh fuck! What have like, I done? like he like literally he like started drawing out the little rhinos on like the three by five cards for like the battle map, and mm -hmm. it was like, like, like he literally was like, son of, they're huge, okay. right? Huge they're creatures. massive, and yeah. they have like giant horns, and we're also like badass fighter orcs, and it was just like, go look at the stats yeah. for a rhino in the monster manual. They can't, they don't fuck around. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're just real dumb. And I don't think you could train them to ride, but it's D and D. Well, they so. have like what fifteen feet of of like sight in front of them. They're really horrible yeah. at sight, yeah. and they run forty miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. So that's a terrifying like. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's your oh, headlights are pointed too low <laughs> on a backcountry road. But, yeah, but, and they're, but they're you steered them. You don't just let them go. I no, mean, but to train them to be steered is the part that I'm hung up on. Again, they're war rhinos, so they're breath. But hey, yeah. your fantasy world had war rhinos. That's fine. Yes, the realism is the enemy of RPGs. Yes. yes. Realism the enemy of RPGs. I, I can, no, no, I could suspend that disbelief. Yeah. My only argument in favor of like, maybe these rhinos weren't so great is they are stupid. I think, <laughs> can, I think Stu like pushed back a little bit. We had to like roll for it or something. I, f I have a vague memory of this. And then, like, we just, like, wrecked it with our riding skills just, or whatever. Just to belabor the point, I, I think somebody's rhino died or got killed at one point, and you guys were very upset. I don't remember that part. But it wasn't in that battle, for sure. No, it wasn't that. But maybe, I think maybe later you're right. I feel like it did happen later, and we were very sad about it. But it was like, like, we were orcs, and it, like, happened in battle, and we were, they, you know. It was you like, guys were, like, horde wow orcs too like the giant orc kind of thing well no we actually came up with this cool like i'm actually still very proud of like the world we came up with with the orcs and eldamy and stuff like that and it, it was a very cool campaign was, was it gerbs game uh no it was it was D, &D okay 5e i think um yeah Probably it was just, 4e was, yeah it might have been 4e you're actually right you was totally 4e um Sorry, I didn't mean no, I'm actually. It was no, just no, like no, you're timeline right. Wise. Timeline wise, you're totally right. No, you did actually. I'm actually. Too. I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was good. But yeah, it was. It was. It was fun. And that was one of the the D and D games I like really truly enjoyed. I think because we got to develop a lot of the lore of that world. It was very cool. And, and Stu again, he rolled with it too. And, and we still talk about this game. And he managed to adapt his game for your war rhinos and and. And he let me come up with all the like the matriarch thing. Yeah. Like we we came up with this whole like matriarchal like part of the society and it, it, like a little bit of a content warning for like child loss, but um like for women who'd lost or for for women orcs who'd lost a child, like they they one of the things they could do would was join this like special like battalion. I don't know if battalion is the right word. It's a large group of fighters. Um, like who were working to like seek the honor that their children would have received in battle in life. So it was kind of like this all women badass fighter thing that I don't know. I had a really great time kind of coming up Please with that. Please help orchid suffrage. <laughs> I mean, That's cool. if I can come up with a large group of badass women fighters, I'm going to do that. Yeah. So I so you so need to do a superhero game and your I think your uh, your super group needs to be the suffragettes. <laughs> Yes. And there's they, a whole West Side story <laughs> of the suffragettes. But only okay. if they I'm, are... I've gone way... I've gone... I've lost y'all. Only in an airplane transformer RPG. <laughs> suffragettes. Right. Yeah. Wow. All right.
That might be worse than Rubik's Cube on Disney. Pride. All right. I, I, we got way off topic on that. Thank you so much, Mike. That was a fantastic story. Write in another one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Or now, track down those kids and have them write in the story of the yeah. awesome D&D game they played yeah. 20 years ago. They still talk about it. Wouldn't you love to hear their, their yes. side of it? Yeah. Like right now, oh, yeah. I would pay so a lot good. of money. They yeah. probably would, had a great time. I would pay ones of dollars yes. to hear that. <laughs> But also, Happy Jacks RPG does not support stalking or tracking down people from your past oh, yeah. without their permission. Okay, anyway. Uh, mailbag number three. Okay, this one is a little a little emotional to you feel, so be aware. Uh, Kimmy's not being sarcastic right now. No, I'm like, I'm honest, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, do, I am sarcastic often. I am not sarcastic in this moment. Hey, I'm Arlo. I played with Kimmy and Alice's missing one shot. That was during JackerCon. Uh, it was so much fun, and meeting her is great. I just have a small request. See, my dad, Greg, is a huge fan of the show, and I'm pretty sure he said something about being the one who recommended the map or something. Yes. So, side note, uh, we added a map to happyjacks.org where people in the community from all over the world can add themselves to our map, and this was Greg's suggestion. Um, well, my dad and I have been going through a bit lately with money and personal things, so I just wanted to do something for him, and I feel like, so I can feel like I can be the son he needs. And I do recommend playing with Kimmy. She's good at what she does. Hee <laughs> hee. Thank you so much for a great game. And I hope the best for all of you over at the podcast. Before I go, my dad's name is Greg and I'm his son, Scott. If you can tell him that I love him and I'm happy to be his kid, that would be awesome. Thank you. Arla. That's so sweet. Isn't it so, like, I love, like. <clears throat> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't read this email. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Everyone was like, nope, Kimmy, you have to do it. You put it on the thing. You have to read it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, just that gets me in all the feels. Yeah, Arlo, you're a really great kid. Yeah, I am. Um, and and here's here's kind of the thing why it hits home for me is my kids have also like taken to RPGs and yeah. gaming and stuff, and it's just sort of neat. I didn't really. It's not like I was like the sports dad, like you will play D and D, you yeah. will win, and uh, we're taking you to tournaments, and I'm training you, and you're going to be great, and we're going to get Scott. And they would just let them, which is normalized in the house, and let them play, and it's really neat. Now that my oldest daughter has become a very accomplished gamer, and you know, it's it's just neat to see her yeah. enjoyment of the. So Scott, it sounds like you enjoy gaming, and we hope to see more of you. Yeah, and you did a great job in our Alice is Missing game. You were like a very pivotal character. It was like amazing. Um, it was a very emotional game, and you you were awesome. And I just love the fact that um, like this is something that can kind of develop over generations. Yeah, and it's something that generations can do together. Um. And and it's also really amazing that like we have now like with Emily and a whole bunch of people like our our second generation of Happy Jacks community members, which is weird and also awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so this just it's just fantastic. And and Allie too, Allie um, Stu's daughter joined her D and D club at school, so she's awesome. like for years of like. No, I don't want to play that, Dad. I don't want to do that. That's what my dad does. That's what my do dad that. does. Do that old like he, <laughs> yeah, she went and like without telling him, joined the D and D club at school, <laughs> and then like came and like told him, like, oh, yeah, I joined the thing. Do you have any dice I could borrow? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and Greg, that. I got to say, you raised a really great kid. Yeah. This is a really neat gesture, and yeah. uh, it would kill me if my daughter had done it for me too. Like something like yeah. this, and I like hear your name, and you're like, oh, what yeah. kid? So you. You're doing good there. Yes. It's really great that you get to enjoy this stuff together yeah. and have this kind of relationship. So. Yeah, I have two daughters, and so I and a wife. I, for a while, there were like six women in the house, and I just, I was, I couldn't do anything right. Outnumbered. 
It was like me and the cat. He'd come up and meow at me. I'm like, yeah, you too, huh? <laughs> Stay up here for a while. <laughs> so it's neat to have a son <laughs> at this age that you guys can yeah. do stuff with. Well, and just just to have something like this in common with your kid. And even if, like, it's in, like I could see, like, not wanting to, like, kids not wanting to play a game with their parents. But just having this hobby in common that you can talk about it and share dice and yeah. things like that. Like, it's just a great kind of through line and a connection. Especially when, um, like, they're teenagers. It can sometimes be really hard to connect with teenagers. And by design, by the way, like that's the age where they literally are supposed to start becoming their own person. Yeah, yeah. And it can be really hard. And having something like this where they discover it and it's part of who they are as their own person, but it's still something they have in common with you can be incredibly powerful and really, really important. And it also speaks to the power of RPGs, which is anybody can play them. You can have a table full of a six-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 45-year-old. And all of them are playing the same game, having the same amount of fun, having the same moments together. And it's great. Yeah. Everybody can play it. In fact, yep. in many ways, young kids are better at this because imagination isn't taboo. Yeah. And they, they, just, they just go with it. Yeah. Uh, it was really interesting. Um, Alice is Missing is, we played it for JackerCon. It is entirely text-based. So it's an, a role-playing game. It, it's almost like a LARP. It's very interesting. I have no idea exactly how to describe it. But basically, you're given... Um, like a scenario where your friend Alice is missing, you're each given a character, and then it's like a 90 minute game, exactly. There's like a countdown. If you ever played like Zork, <laughs> I have no idea what that is. It's, no, it's a text based game <laughs> like Zork. No, 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 no. But like if you did like, um, like murder mystery boxes, mm. or there was, God, there was a game that my parents used to play like it was like you put on a video and there was like the skull guy it was like a board game but like it was a countdown with like dungeon keeper dungeon yeah. keeper yeah and then you would play wow. the next part of it and then do the part of the game and then yeah. and every once in a while it was just like this soundtrack that played on the tv and then every once in a while the dungeon keeper would pop out i think it was orson welles yeah something like that. Said, yeah and it's scared the shit out of me as a kid but like this, <laughs> that's very similar to what it is there's like a soundtrack you that plays in the background the whole time and at certain points, like cards are drawn, um, but you may not know someone else is drawing a card and you like are texting with each other because you're all playing teenagers who are trying to find your friend Alice who's missing. And it's fascinating. It was really, really interesting because like playing online, we to start, we had no idea what the ages of different people were like. We were all immersed and we were all like teenagers for that 90 minutes. So it was interesting kind of like at the end, like I, I kind of knew who people were, so I had a little bit of a cheat on it. But like at the end, like realizing, oh, some people were really were te teenagers. Some people were my age. Some people were older. Some people were in between. It was really fascinating. That's, that, that's really neat. Yeah, it, I highly recommend Alice is Missing. I had no idea what it would be like going in. And I kind of was like, eh, I've heard like. Does she always end up down a rabbit hole? Is that like the, I mean, it's not Alice is always in the rabbit hole, is it? Some other, obviously. Yeah. She's usually late. She's just usually late. <laughs> That's the yeah, but it's a, it's a very interesting design on a role-playing game, and it, it gets very emotional very quickly, and it's very interesting how it works. Um, but playing it with, like, an actual teenager there, which we kind of figured out later, like, was was fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and, I don't know, it, it, was, it, was, it was very interesting, and I've never played a a designed text-based RPG like that before. I've done a bunch of like text-based role-playing in like MMOs and in chat rooms yeah. and stuff like that. So it was kind of an interesting callback to that. It was very easy to slide into. Um, and, but yeah, it was just, it was fascinating. Is it, it, was is it cool. GM-less? There's a, 
GM like facilitator. Okay. I I I I have no idea. I think you might be able to play it GM. Because I know with like fiasco, it just everybody takes turns setting up the scene, and then the next people pick it up, and then when you're done, then you set up the scene, you add to the scene, and the other people next to you have to play it. So. Kind of. It sort of is like that, but it's text-based. So basically, you're, you're, you have a group text with all of you, and then you have individual like text with each person. Yeah, it's like you're texting on your phone. You yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's more than just... <clears throat> that's the other thing I want to clarify. It's yeah. more than just text-based. No, no. It's text-based. Yeah. Like texting-based. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did it in Discord, but you may, we made separate rooms for each thing, so oh, it was that's like... Smart. That's yeah. yeah, that's really it was cool. It a lot easier for typing on my on the keyboard. But so you have individual conversations going with each character. You have a group conversation and it's just very interesting as like, and then as people draw cards, you don't necessarily, I mean, I feel like that almost added to it. Cause like, if you're in person, you see somebody draw a card, you can play it in person. You share phone, you know, you share phone numbers and you, sh and you text each other in yeah. real life. Um, but playing on discord, it was even more immersive, I think, because you had no idea somebody drew a card. Like mm. suddenly someone would throw something in like, oh my God, I'm being attacked or this is happening. I just found this. Oh, hey, like so-and-so just got arrested. Did you see it on the news? And like, it's cool. yeah, you didn't see someone draw a card, so you didn't know something like that was coming. So it was very interesting. It was my first time playing that. Uh, so that was, so it, it's like that. And one of the most important pieces, which I was just fascinated by, was there's a soundtrack to it, like like the Dungeon Keeper or Dungeon Master, whatever that was, um, that like slowly, like it plays constantly in the background for the whole 90 minutes and it works as a countdown. And at certain times is when people draw cards, but it also sets the mood. Like, like you know how people play like oh fighting music when you're in a combat in a D and D game or something, which I hate. Um, no, spoilers. Yeah, it, it annoys me because it's like okay, we're waiting for so and so to decide what they're doing. Oh, dun 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 dun. dun. Can you pick what spell you're gonna use, please? Like, but for this, it worked really well because it's very subtle. You almost like don't hear it after a while, but it like starts off very calm and cool and then slowly gets a little bit more anxious so it like moves everyone along on the same like emotional wavelength and as someone who's into music that was super fascinating to me mm. and i was just like absolutely amazed by like this is like such an interesting tool to push people along on a specific narrative emotionally without them necessarily being aware of it yeah kind how of the same you... oh, sorry go ahead no go ahead how did you technically do that do are you all in like a a discord voice channel to hear the music or did they send you like links and you just all start at the same time yeah yeah they just shared um uh, it was like a shared screen and then so oh, the the gm like play it's a youtube link you go to and you can whenever you play alice is missing um and you just click on it and it goes and then so that the the gm just shared screen so we all had it together so it was the same reference point Cool. So it was interesting and it was really cool in Discord because there was like a bot that's been written for it. So it like automatically does everything for you. It like sends the right characters, the cards at certain points and stuff like that. So it was very interesting. Very cool. Yeah, yeah it's it's wild and it is a role playing game. It's but, not a tabletop role playing game. Correct, but, but it almost enters into your real world yeah. because yeah, you're it's, texting each other off your phones and stuff. And yeah, I would say, I would say it's much closer to a, like a LARP experience yeah. than a tabletop role playing experience, and it's it's very interesting. And that's the first thing it reminded me of is this like crazy game my parents used to play, and I used to like sneak when I was little and like look, and they'd put in the VHS tape of the Dungeon Keeper or whatever. And I just wish my parents played games like that. Um, I just remember that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm like, we played gin. Yeah, <laughs> my parents would just sit downstairs and get hammered. Yeah, louder and louder and louder. I just remember because I always get caught because I'd be like peeking and like the way that game works is like, oh, dungeony music, and then he'd like bust out like it was meant to like startle you, 
And inevitably, at some point, I'd be like, ah! and like I was like peeking around the hallway, and they'd be like, "Go to bed." <laughs> Sorry. I'm so glad that they were like into that and not like swingers or something. It's like then when you peeked around the corner, like, oh god, you know, it's just it's nice I that mean, your parents were wholesome. I mean, I'm maybe saying. they My were. My parents got hammered. Oh, yeah. like, I had these parties, and they were just getting drunk. I mean. My parents did that too. <laughs> like my legit, my dad is a drunk, but like maybe they were into swinging, but they were just better at hiding it. I'm not gonna yuck anybody's yum. Yum here. No, I know, me. but it, it, just it don't be, let your kids see. That's yeah. a pretty basic rule. Yeah, but, or just be honest and be like, hey, we're gonna be doing this. Um, if you don't want to see that, don't come down the hallway. And uh, I feel like by 11, I probably was old enough to make that choice. Yeah, but you're like five year old kid. You don't. Oh no no no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, I, I don't think I would have remembered that's this event if I had been five. So anyway. All right. Cool. So anyway, thank you so much, yeah. Scott, for writing that in. Welcome, second generation, happy Jack. And we appreciate you. All right. I think that's all. Is that everything? Yeah, you have to do the outro. I know. I know that part. Thank you, you for coming, Burke. We appreciate it. Yeah. It was just super fun. Had a great time. Really? We're so glad that you're in town and could make it. It is. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy it worked out. And now we get to go hang out and game more drunk okay <laughs> thank you for joining us thank you for joining us for season 30 episode 17 uh thank you to our chat mod james v and our amazing patrons who keep us ad free and independent as always um if you want to become a patron you go to happyjacks.org patreon and it will redirect you and show all the cool stuff um and my name is kimmy and you can find me here every friday and i'm also here on wednesday nights for Hexbreakers, our kids on brooms rpg which is super weird and really weird. Shocked face. Yes. And super... Emily's a badass, yeah. She's oh, amazing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She's so good. Wild. Like, we're jumping through reality. It's like the metaverse, and I'm just like, I'm confused. I have no idea how she, like, she's got, like, all these notes. It's amazing. So good. Anyway. Uh, I'm Jason. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch and Twitter at It's Probably Okay. And on Saturdays at 6 p.m. here on the channel, I'm GMing tomorrow a fantasy pirate RPG using the quest system. And those are the two genres I'm the least interested in. And I'm having a blast. It's so fun. It's it's was finally time for me to tackle these, you know, two great tastes that taste great together. But I didn't like and it's really fun. I, I admire that. I admire your honesty and I admire the fact that you like decided to like just do a game that you thought you were really gonna hate like i don't think i'd have the courage like i, don't, I guess it's time for me to do the game on accounting and math <laughs> you know it sucks i really don't want to do it i don't think i had that I just, fortitude I, I knew everybody else likes it and my, i had a bunch of players who i knew liked those genres and Gee. i thought i i'm gonna figure it out you're a great gm you're not doing it for you you're doing it for them <laughs> Like, legit, like, every time in, like, Star Starscape, when we were doing the playtesting, when people were like, let's do, like, the, the tall ships in space, oh. Jason was just like, oh. <laughs> you made that noise. Like, this exact, exact face. This is, like, I do every time. And it's one of the most, like, wanted, like, requested settings. And every time he's just like, oh. Anyway. Uh, but of course, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're good. We're good. I love that. I'm Stork. I'm not running any games. Uh, I'm not in any games. And I don't have any social medias. There you go. Finn! <laughs> uh, I'm Brooke. Uh, you can basically just find me on the Discord where I am a mod with another, Yay. with the other wonderful mods of uh, Erica Odd, 
forest and jackalope. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Birch and... is a bad mod with all the good mods. Yes, that's true. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Rob is the bad mod. Oh, Rob, Rob's a Rob, mod? Yeah. You made Rob a mod? Who did that? Are you sure he's on the Discord? <laughs> I see him. He never talks. No, but come join the Discord, really. Please, yeah. come yeah, join yeah, us. The Discord it's really is fun. good times. Even though good Rob time. is sometimes there, it's still really fun. <laughs> he's fun. Happyjacks.org slash Discord, by the way. Uh, all right, I think that's all. Do you guys have any news, anything, games? No, uh, please send emails. Promote. Oh, yeah. Please, please, please send emails. We're getting good. Um, so people in the chat were also suggesting, like, send in topics. Like, we've done in the past some, like, like topic-specific episodes, like women in gaming, people of color in gaming, things like that. If you have suggestions for things like that, we can also, like, start working those in. I feel like we have enough episodes in the new studio and stuff now that we can start experimenting a little with, like, doing special episodes and things like that. So since we have 17 mostly successful episodes, <laughs> you know. Five of which you can hear well. Well, a few oh, more than that. I just, it, was there, it was sitting there. <laughs> it, was. it sounded much funnier in my head. It, it was, <laughs> Kimmy knows I'm kidding. I know you're kidding, yeah. No, there's like five that were like, eh, and then they've gotten steadily better since those five. So, all right. Thank you, everyone. And we will see you next week. Thank you. All right. Bye, bye everyone. Bye. Woke up late for work today, had just gone to bed. The bells and drums keep echoing around inside my head. Last night I tied one on, or was it two nights ago? It seems I can't remember just how far did I go. It must have been on Friday night I met the lads somehow. Shots were lined up on the bar, beers were handed round. Tom was there and Tammy, I from the nominee. No For Dominique, mojitos for Tom. Sammy ordered for herself a refreshing cherry bomb. A hurricane for Tyrone with a splash of peach. And needy and thirsty, I had one of each. No Jose, no Jaeger, no Jameson's please. But for me, the Kraken of Sailor Jerry's. The Carney and Malibu dark roller white. And for me in a cab at the end of the night. Some cracks the window as to slumber I succumb. Time flies when you're having fun. The events of the weekend are mostly a blur. Cause those who stop and bark both are strictly amateur. Remember a sublime and a mechanical wool. And could be my English sheep, my tail's made of wool. No Jose, no Jaeger, no Jameson's please. But for me, the Kraken or Sailor Jerry's The party in Malibu, dark over white But for me in a cab at the end of the night The sun cracks the window as to slumber I succumb Time flies when you have it wrong I stumbled in to punch the clock, the boss man I did see Asked where I've been all weekend, why you shouldn't fire me I marveled, is it Friday? 
up to the week that I forgot. No Jose, no Jager, no Jameson's please. But Porky, the Kraken, or Sailor Jerry's. But Cardi and Malibu dark gold or white. Then pour me in a cab at the end of the night. The sun cracks the window as you slumber, I succumb. This show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song was played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts.